It's basically the worst possible collection of teams in the Final Four, so let's focus entirely on what's happening here on campus. Bury your head in the sand this week because the Coach K coverage is going to be insufferable. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined as always by the Coach K of the podcast, Kevin Grack. Oh my Greckers. God. Wow. How are you doing? You rat that, face shit. Was that in that I'm like the consummate winner, or is that I'm going to die soon, or is that yeah. like. Why can't it be all? The why can't it be all of it? Am I the worst? <laughs> I just wish you were on a retirement tour at the moment. Uh, <laughs> and the man who makes the best gagging noise when he sees Coach K, Alex Plum. Plum, how are you doing, buddy? Just down here in the gutter. Just down here in the gutter looking for scraps of pizza to take into the subway with me. Like my old rat-faced friend who's in the final four. My God, my God. <laughs> Uh, yes, we are dreading this next week, but, uh, we want to thank you all for listening. It should be at least less insufferable than listening to the Coach K coverage. If we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Who's up this week? Bobby. Plum seems to be paying the least amount of attention. What is the structure of the show this week, Alex Plum? Well, here at the podcast, after we've done this little dog and pony show, we like to jump right behind the green wall where football always leads, except this week, because we have very little, if anything, meaningful to say. Unless, of course, we do, in which case it will lead. (laughs) We plan on talking a little bit about basketball. We have an autopsy, a postmortem, if you will. We want you to hear from our sponsor, Clada Coffee. Say that three times fast. We'll head off Grand River on this podcast to talk about sports from around the Big Ten and the NCAA. We might even preview the spring game, LOL, before we take your Twitter questions. And dear listeners, you may be learning a thing or two as we look forward to a Twitter question competition that is in the offing soon this spring. Indeed. So, yes, let's head behind the green wall. And you know what? We are indeed going to start with the shooty hoops. Um, I think the biggest news that is not really news, uh, Gabe Brown and Marcus Bingham have uh, are both reportedly more officially with Gabe than Marcus, but headed to test their fate in the NBA draft. Um, This isn't surprising at all. No. Uh, no word about our dear friend Joseph, but uh, reports are that that Joey might just be done with basketball altogether. Um, thoughts, anyone? I, well, that was the speculation midseason. I I don't know. Do we ever get any kind of semi-official? Like, not you're never going to get confirmation. But was that same rumor and innuendo trafficked in media circles the way that it was trafficked in? The doldrums of of MSU Twitter. Uh, I've certainly heard it from um, uh, the folks at Gannett Publishing. Uh, ah, your your for press, your Lansing State Journal. Yes, yes, high um, quality. Hey, 
I pay money for that Lansing State Journal uh, subscription. The region, we thank, you, we thank you for your login. The, the <laughs> stand-up the, member of the local community. The regional rag of record, they call it. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we'll see. I I don't know that Joey Hauser is going to have an announcement. Maybe he has a nice little graphic that's a big. Uh, I hope it's thank a thank you to the fans. Yeah, I hope it's a notes app screenshot. That's all I need from him. You know, lowercase improper indentation. Um, <laughs> excessive underuse in, of punctuation that in plums thing. world we wouldn't accept any like commitments from any recruits anywhere unless they were properly copy edited <laughs> like the next time you know uh tuck gets a four-star recruit plums just going to be in the mentions like actually uh, sorry i don't know that this commitment but. letter is up to the academic standards of michigan state university well and this is something we should be talking about after uh, sam stanley was out heralding all of the great progress uh i think his tweet was something to the effect of if the final four or the ncaa 64 teams if, the, if this was uh academics related michigan state would have been you know in the national championship in second place and i was like oh sam Oh, well, Sam doesn't understand how tournaments work. Well, that's not quite how it worked, is it, Sam? Sam. Oh man. Also, what? Um I hate Duke. <laughs> but on just about every list, people put those loathsome pieces of human excrement above MSU in the academic standard. So what I don't understand. I, don't know. I didn't I didn't click it because it was the absolute Vert definition of clickbait. In fact, I'm sure he saw it on BuzzFeed um, and just decided to retweet. Is it. this the same way that like Cooley Law School rates themselves number two in the country yes. because yes. their law library square footage yes. is the number one decider? Yes. Yes. Oh, uh, wait, are they? They're not with Michigan State. They're still with no Western. Western, right? Western yeah. University Cooley Law School. Everyone's moving on up in that transaction. Uh, if you go, I'm I'm sidebarring us already. We're in the off season. Who cares? If you go to the Cooley Law uh, campus in Grand Rapids, the, the the one on that side rather than in Lansing, there is a uh, a statue of Mr. Cooley, the so named Cooley Law Naturally. dude, and he's all dappered up. He's got a three piece suit. I believe it's Thomas Cooley. Thomas, whatever whatever it is. And then across from him is a, a mere pauper. It, there's a statue of a homeless man. And this is true. The Cooley statue is, is reaching his hand down to the homeless man with like some change in his hand. And this is a real thing. This is a statue in Grand Rapids that you can go visit whenever you want. And it is spectacular. If you please, sir. <laughs> feels very on brand for for sort of the general belief set of Grand Rapids. Of Grand Rapids, oh, very much. Yeah, only if that if that bronze sculpture was a little extra bronze, if you know what I mean. <laughs> real, real problematic. Another aside here is 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 that still the law school's name on Michigan State's campus, or is this? Is it now Michigan State University College of Law? It's always been. MSU oh, Cooley was in downtown, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. MSU College used to be of Law DCL. That's right. Was you? Yeah, exactly. Used to be yeah. the Detroit College of Law, but certain other institutions in the state 
stopped MSU from opening its own law school, so it had to acquire another one. That's fine. all the more reason we should truly and and sincerely hate that other institution. In I just Michigan. I just think it's funny having our law school literally in a boulevard, a divided road, and there it stands betwixt Shaw Lane. I don't know. I you just it think parts, like it yeah, parts the Shaw Lane. I have to cross the street to get in the middle of the street. It's like I, anyway. There's so also wonderful parking there too, though, and it just should be more available to people. <laughs> <laughs> that building is that like such '90s architecture. Yeah. It's like yeah, just so yeah. easy to place yep. in in yep. time. Yep. Um, Great. There's, you know what? I last week we got asked a question about favorite building on campus. That was it. There are too many buildings on campus where you can just look at them and be like, I know when that building was built. Like, I would say, once you cross the Red Cedar, you can generally speaking say, oh, the existential threat of nuclear war influenced the design of all of these buildings. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> See further Hannah administration building. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that would be at least on the wrong side of the, the Red Cedar for uh, Berkey. Right? Yeah. Oh. But Case, Wonders, Hubbard. Yeah. They all have a... Yep. Brody. Yep. Case got itself a facelift. It, Case looks better now. But oh, okay. There's All some, right. There's some really solid architecture on campus, and there is a garbage at the same time. But anyway, let's continue. We are we are delaying the autopsy, which is fully what's happening here. So right. I've got three questions for you. Uh, in sort of looking at the past year, maybe looking a bit ahead. Uh, okay. so. My first one, I want to start on a positive note. Plum, I'm going to start with you. What was most encouraging? And I think we should frame this all in the context of really where we were last year. Mm -hmm. Mm. What was most encouraging about this team? Uh, God, we had such a great start to the season. It really, I, I had so much optimism in December. So much optimism in December. And then, you know, January and February happened. We rallied a little bit at times. Uh, the team seemed like it was trying to find its legs, but I think for me it was the utter lack of leadership within the team itself that kind of uh, foretold our doom. So what I'm interested in finding now is leadership, and I think we're starting to see some guys emerge that that can provide that, particularly uh, AJ Hogard. So for for me, when I think about returning guys who have a lot to offer in terms of the leadership side, it's Hogard. And then kind of the, the upstart that I'm really most excited about is Jade Nakins. I think for me, he had kind of one of the most impressive breakout experiences. It wasn't super consistent. He didn't get as many minutes as some of the other guys, but the minutes he got, he was an impact player at a number of games in a way that I think could be good for the team. Sure. Greg. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say was exactly uh, it. It's sort of a derivative off of your leadership thing. We got the point guard situation, I think, pretty well figured out. Uh, and that was not that was still in in discussion just as recently as what uh, three weeks ago? ago. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, it It is truly baffling to me and something I haven't totally figured out yet that not having a point guard between two guys was a problem. And then all of a sudden them being on the floor at the same time turned out to be one of our most efficient. Yeah. lineups 
I will never understand how that happened. I don't know if it's just guys falling into the right roles. I don't know if Tyson Walker really truly should be a two instead of a one. I don't know. Um, But the fact that was the big question mark going into this season is what is going on with the point guard uh, position? Because teams that you want to be successful in college basketball and particularly on Tom Izzo programs need to have a strong point guard. And I think this team has one now. I I think we have figured that out for next year, that what that situation is going to look like. And that is the thing that's most encouraging to me. The other thing that was a little bit encouraging to me is we did see this team come together a little bit at the end. It was baffling in the same way that the point guard situation was baffling throughout. But at the end of the season, when the chips were down, the seniors put up, you know, real games. And really, with the exception of Malik Hall and Max Christie, everyone was playing their best basketball at the end of the year. So and even those Max are the two things. had an OK game against Duke. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that turnover at the end was painful. But like you, you look at his game. He had an OK game. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I mean, I think he had he had okay games. Consistently, he had some very good games. He too. had a he had some very good games. I'm gonna give him give him credit for the very good games, and he had he had a bit more of those at the beginning of the season. But it was his track record of having consistently okay middling games with the number of minutes that he was getting that that proves for me the most problematic. But, I seem to remember his Maryland game being a big standout. But other than that, like his best games were. Other than Duke and Maryland, his best games, I think he also played a role in that Purdue win. Um, his best games, though, happened towards the beginning of the year. Um, yeah. And some of that is the Big Ten. But he, had, he actually, if you look back, he had an OK January, like to good January. Yeah. But when February hit, he hit a wall. I mean, yeah. it was... The uh, Illinois game was bad. Iowa loss was bad. The this, the second Michigan game at Chrysler. Yeah, that was woof woof. Um, so I'm I'm curious. You know, I, I'm gonna. I I don't know who to put the notes in, but I, I'm curious what's on your wish list for next year. And I'm not. Let's set transfer to the side because we know we need a center. We likely need a wing who can do some rebounding for us. Uh, so let's let's skip the transfer talk for now because everyone knows that. Yes. So I'm more curious if you had to name three things that are on your wish list for be it player development, uh, you know, changes to the staff, you know, changes to scheme. What what's on your wish list for next year, Greg? I'll start with you. Uh, I'm. I hesitate to put anything on the freshman with this. The initial reaction would be Jackson Kohler comes in and contributes right away. But that's a big ask for a freshman under any circumstances. So I think it's essential for this team that Madi Sissoko either take a big step forward or Julius Marble goes bananas. Like one of the one of the and we need a bigger step if this makes any sense at all out of Julius Marble than we need out of Mati Sissoko if this Who? team's going to be really successful next season. 
Yeah, like, let, can we pause on this for a second? Because I, I, I've seen not an insignificant amount of rumbling from from folks who I, I wouldn't describe as completely unreasonable um, that want to run Julius Marble out of town. Huh. And Why? I and I couldn't I couldn't think of a dumber take. Correct. Then does Julius Marble need a ton of work on defense? Sure. Absolutely. But if dude takes literally one step back, he's going to start hitting threes. Yeah. Anyway, Greg, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that no. it, it, I think that's a horrible take. Like I, I there's just no replacing it, it would be such a gamble to put Julius Marble in the portal and then just pull the lever and get whatever you get back out as his replacement. That's a and no you're still short you. on depth at big then. You're still yeah. short on depth. Yeah, yeah, yeah even more so. I mean, it, it, you, you'd really shoot yourself in the foot. Um, let me take the next one. I, you know, I think for me, it's Izzo. I, I think what I, my wish list for next season is that we get back to an Izzo that has some awareness of who he was even 10 years ago. There seems to be something lacking on his ability to either motivate a team or position the team or inspire the team or coach the team. His coaching decisions, particularly his tactical decisions, his line change decisions, these were his rotations, rather, these were unforced errors throughout the second half of the season. I'm still not sure he fully understands the implication or the success of the two point guard lineup that we had running both Hogard and uh, Walker. Uh, it, it certainly appeared way too late in the Duke game and to a degree too late in the Davidson game too. Well, and, and, right. and, and this, well, no, but you're, and the substitutions, I mean, like sitting guys and again, like playing what was it? So, so who came in? Like, had it not, uh, it was Pierre, Pierre Brooks. Brooks. Pierre, Pierre Brooks came Brooks. in. Why? <laughs> like it, 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 flummoxing, flummoxing decisions. So, you know, I'll let one of you talk, I think a little bit, I think it might be on the outline. It's not, but it should be younger coaching staff. And I don't know if that's what Izzo needs, but but it's for Izzo. He has lost the rhythm a little bit for who he is and what he needs to be providing out of teams. And that for me is that's huge because we're missing something. We we were will, this season. I will at least say that I'm encouraged that that Izzo seems to be someone who's at least self aware about some of these things. Correct. No, no, no. And, I'm and with you. Has has admitted in public that for whatever reason he's been, to use his word, softer uh on the team than he he used to be. Yeah. Uh so I you know I I think that's fair. I mean I you know I, I think he has some concerns about probably some of the images that have been captured sure. of him over the last few and, years. And optics matter and I you know I don't know. And at times they are a changing, you know he gets away with shit and probably still gets away with shit that a first second season coach wouldn't. But my point still is, you know, and I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about here other than he, he has made just, he made some real boners, especially in the tournament. And he's, we can't, you can't afford that. You not have a guy like Tom who's been doing this for as long as he has and has the resume that he does. But can one of you follow up on this a little bit with coaching? I mean, have you taught, I'm seeing a lot of this, especially on Twitter, this sort of need for, Younger blood, fresher blood, newer perspective, more dynamic or dynamism in terms of coaching. Do you give a lot of credence to that? Is that something this team needs? I'd care about it from a recruiting perspective more than I would. But uh, recruiting is not awful right now. Like, no, 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 no. I, Jackson I, I don't Kohler mean suggest- and Trey Holloman are good recruits, and there are solid recruits coming in. Jeremy Fears is a great yeah. recruit. And the and the prospects there in 2023 are really solid. 
as but well. But what were Pierre what were Pierre Brooks prospects? Oh, well, he, he was, was at Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan. And Alex. tell me, tell me about him. He tell was me. the least heralded recruit in his recruiting class. Oh, for sure. And that's what Michigan produced. Dear well, D4. That's, that's a product of the way that MH, MSHAA, whatever it is, oh, does things. Does things. But right. there's now, I was just reading an article because I'm an LSJ subscriber. There is going to be a Lansing prep school for basketball, apparently. Um, I don't know anything about it. I just know that someone's trying to open it. Probably someone related kind to Bates. Kind of makes sense because Moneyball is so big here. Like, legit. Like, Moneyball is a real thing. Uh, and worth building off of. So, um, yeah. Uh, Pierre Brooks was the, the weakest recruit at a 24-7 national ranking of 61. Yeah, still so, a top 100 recruit. Like, like, I mean, this is this is Izzo's sweet spot that he's had the most success in. Is this like right around 50 on up to 30 ish area? Because uh, these are guys that stick around that develop that don't just 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 peace after one year. Um, and that's what we're getting more of in 2022. You know, Jackson Kohler also 60 ish. And Trey Holloman, 60-ish. Same diff. Yeah, I think Trey Holloman was a higher... Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. He would have been higher rated on Tux at the time because uh, he was a high three-star cornerback. Ah, yes. So he, he would have been, been at one a point really time, high rated recru- football, football recruit, recruit huh. at yeah. the time. I, I don't know that recruiting is necessarily the issue right now, though oh, you can always recruit better. I, I do think that and we of all the takes when you dear listener host a podcast you're aware of the the things that you say on uh on audio upper deck jerk i you might find it hard to believe that but i do kind of keep a ledger in the back of my head and i think some of the better takes we've ever had are about the staffing decisions that tom made last year he had two open spots and I think he took guys that he knows. He took the devil that he knows because he thought it was going to make it easier for her and him in the long run. But I do worry that actually being surrounded by sycophants and and guys that kind of fizzled out at not particularly high level is going to cost him in the long run, yeah. both in terms of wins and in terms of the amount of pressure he puts on himself and ultimately his career longevity here Mm, at MSU. Yeah. I I think there's something about like, you could be in the mindset that, you know, these people are good assistant coaches in the sense that they have certain assigned responsibilities, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're going to get a good scout from all of them and like, you know, the, the duties of an assistant coach. But if Tom was maybe more interested in like, coaching some and mentoring someone up in that space and being receptive to new ideas that might've been better for Tom Izzo in the long run. This is never going to happen, but I would, I would like to see Tom Izzo take a offensive coordinator. Same, same. Um, I'm going to just say, I'm going to jump in on my wish list real quick. Yeah, please. Um, my, my wish lists involve two players and two players alone. Actually, well, three. 
Tyson Walker, shoot the fucking ball. <laughs> well, that's just confidence. That's just confidence. Like, He's that, so, that's that's between him, God, and his. And I think I we maybe are getting there. Like I, I would be unsurprised by the idea that Tyson Walker, with a full off season, having played a season with the guys, feels more like part of the team, right? Mm-hmm. So I could see that happening. The the other ones, uh, uh, AJ Hogard. You don't need to be good at shooting. You need to be okay at shooting. Mm-hmm. Like I just need okay at shooting out of you. I need you to make someone pay from time to time for sagging off of you. This is the three that you're referencing yeah. here. I, even if he wants to take a Julius Marble, I'm one foot inside the arc. Like I just need him to make someone pay mm-hmm. for not guarding him. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's on my wish list. Uh, the other two items involve one player and one player alone, and that is Julius Marble. I keep saying that. Julius Marble. <laughs> I want you to take one step out and shoot that ball. And then the other thing is I want you to spend a, a solid off season, just working on your defensive craft. Like Julius Marble could, I think be a really important center, a center of consequence. I mean, he shoots the free throw pretty well for a big man. Uh, he has a great outside shot. He's mm-hmm. shown the ability to score oftentimes at will. Mm. And so if he can just be defensively more serviceable than he's been, if he can get less lost on the pick and roll, that will go a long, 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 long way. God, he struggled with the pick and roll, didn't he? It, I mean, I have, I, I, I have, the fact that I could watch him play and, and say, yep, in real time, man, yep. man you're, you're, you're losing up. it. You're losing it. Ah, he lost it. Like, so, so I think uh, I would like to but, know how many moving screens he got whistled for this. Oh, game. so sometimes that's not entirely on him though, because because the guards so, don't let him get set. Blah 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 blah. But also sometimes he's screening while he's like literally running at the same time. <laughs> like the top half of his body is in the screen uh, configuration, and the bottom half of his body is like blah, 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 blah. it's like yeah. cartoonishly his his legs are still moving with like. Yeah, he's the like dust well, coming put, up off the floor. I put my hands in front of my balls. I thought that yeah. meant like that, 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 that's the screen. That's the whole screen, right? <laughs> yeah. My hands in front of my balls. What? <laughs> what do you want? But I, I mean, I look. I, I think AJ Hogard. We saw a lot of development out of mid year. I think if people were paying attention, it was not entirely consistent. But we not only saw offensive consistency out of Julius. I mean, we did see that consistently. Right. But we saw him getting better on defense. We saw better rebounding at times out of Julius Marble. I think there's a bright future for him. And truly, we still need another big man. But our best hope for what Michigan State needs to be successful is likely Julius Marble taking another step. Yeah. Because you don't know what you're going to get in out of the portal. Mm-hmm. Even if you take someone great, you don't know that it's going to fit. The de- the the defensive uh, responsibilities of a big man at MSU are not anything to be slept on. So um, that's on my wish list. Do you want a fun fun fact for next sure. year? Uh, I know we took the portal and we set it aside, but as it's currently uh, set up, there will be with Marcus Bingham leaving, no one on the depth chart taller than six nine. 
Julius nah. Marble will be the tallest person with Jackson Kohler. How big and is Maddie. Tillman? Maddie. Tillman was proper, or uh, Tillman was six eight, I think, something like that. What's yeah, and how tall is Christy? Tillman, Tillman, he is not. Christy was Christy's uh, six six, I think, according to oh. the media guide. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So, what are we concerned about for next year? Uh, Greg, Biggs. I'll start with you. Biggs. Well, okay. Biggs. Yep. If you assume that Joey Hauser's walking, and I think we are operating under that assumption, Biggs. Nay, hope, but continue. Uh, that, I mean, that's, that's the concern. It would be nice to get another wing, and the Biggs are the concern. So, yeah. That, that's, that's my whole thing. Wow. Uh, take everything we just said about the staff and then also carry that forward to this conversation. About, sure. Uh, the Biggs. Fine. Fine. Mine is Max Christie. Uh, that is my single biggest concern. And, it, and it, let me express it in two fronts. Uh, Jones, you can talk more about the rumors, if they're not rumors, the whispers, the uh, unconvincing denials, however you want to frame them around. Yeah, I don't Max. know what our editorial standards are on that, but okay. Twitter well, sphere is suggesting that it's not impossible that Christie would walk. Leaves or leaves in one way or another. Transfers or who knows what. If he if he leaves the program for any other reason than he is committing his life to animal husbandry and plans on taking up life just south of Farm Lane, then I mean, and that for that reason and that reason alone, I will accept. But any other thing, I will be. I don't. I can't even describe. I'm not drunk enough to describe the level of reprobate, utterly murderous loathing and death killing is that it i don't know death killing yeah death killing is it i i have strong feelings about this young person in ways that really aren't healthy or good because he seems like a great person nice friendly (laughs) well the fact that you don't want him to leave tells me that all the the hate you've been sending his way and that's true actually been from a place of love because he has the capacity he has the capacity. We've seen it. We've seen it. He's a So I, I, and, and I, what's infuriating to me, because we get one and dones in this program, and I understand that, but these players all go to the NBA. What we can't have is a player who's averaging as many minutes as he has, the second most, maybe the most, of any player on this team as a freshman. Yeah, he sets a freshman minutes record. As accoladed as he was, too, by the Big Ten. Leaving this program after such a abysmal performance. I mean, in down the stretch, he was not good. He was not Spartan caliber. He, I wouldn't even know he was Division I basketball caliber. So right. he has to redeem himself at Michigan State University. He does not get... To take what he achieved, because any, and that's the concern for me. Whereas it's maybe like, hey, I want the best out of you. I want the best for you. I really think that can happen here. I do not want the best for him if it doesn't happen here. Let me say that explicitly. And that, I think, is the end of it. But at the same time, assuming he stays, assuming these mumblings are just Graham Couch being an idiot. and that's Well, it's not, it's not Graham. It, it was, it, Graham didn't deny it as vociferously as i thought he would he would have well 
Yeah. And and for whatever whatever tea leaving that is, I hope he stays. I want him to stay. I want him to have even more minutes a game, and I want him to be at least 50% better. And if he does that for me, he will have achieved a level of greatness in my mind that will have been earned. You hear that, Max? 50% better. Here's I, why Plum might truly want Max Christie back. With the departures of Hauser and Brown, Max Christie is the highest free throw percentage player returning at this given moment. I just lost my breath. That That's an I assumed be departure of Hauser there. But free um, throws won us multiple games this season. I want to be clear on that score. I I sort of hope that after the loss to Duke that AJ Hogard was sort of a we all need to get back in the gym because that was that was a uh in some ways they got out muscled sure i mean they, it, you know you, you look at the bodies on the the duke players and they look more like Julius Marble and Malik Hall than Gabe Brown and Marcus Bingham and Max Christie for that matter um yeah the last 2 minutes of that duke game were Duke has five NBA players. MSU has zero. One. Maybe. One. Maybe. <laughs> so. Uh, the, I would, uh, my concern next year is actually a little bit about our, our position of strength. Um, hmm. I am, you know, we saw a lot of effectiveness out of the, the, the Hogard Walker lineup. Yeah. Um, that's great. I want to see more of that. We saw Max Christie occupy 30 plus minutes a game uh, on the reg. Uh, we, uh, uh, my concern is about where does that leave Jade Nakins and Pierre Brooks? And, and where are they going to get minutes that allow them the chance to develop? Uh, now, well, you could say Pierre Brooks probably is able to get those minutes maybe. Maybe a little bit easier, but Pierre I, Brooks is six six. So start developing as a wing, my man. Let, let's see how you do in uh in those in those uh, slashing lanes. Um, Jade Nakins, I think Jade Nakins is going to make himself a role on this team one way or another. Yeah, I'd like to see more driving out of Jade Nakins. I mean, w- you watch his high school tape; you know he can do that. That's part of his skill set. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed way more three and D this year, and maybe that's just not wanting to play outside of what Izzo wanted out of him. Um, but I, I, I worry about that. That's a That's a concern for me is that, uh, and not to mention that, you know, Trey Holloman's coming in, which I'm not saying that Trey Holloman's going to eat up a ton of minutes, but is probably going to see some action on the floor. They're not red shirting the dude. So, mm. um, he's not going to play Davis Smith level minutes. Uh, which if he does, I think that's also a mistake. Um, but that's, those are my concerns. Um, I, you know, I don't know that Jade Nakins was brought in really with the understanding that he'd be a ball handler in the sense of, I don't think anyone thought he was going to play the one. Certainly didn't this year. Um, I think it was like a potential, like maybe it's part of your game in the same way that it's a potential for Max Christie, where Max sure. Christie occasionally operates out of ball screens. So, we saw real more than anyone else true flashes out of Jade Nakins. Yeah. Um, I think Jade Nakins proved that he deserves a little bit more rope and the chance. I mean, frankly, 
maybe the most athletic guy on the team. And, you know, the most potential as a true playmaker. I'd like to see him get the opportunity to 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 go in that in that space. Um, but we've spent quite a bit of time on basketball. Does anyone yeah. have any final thoughts before we move on? No, let's close the book on basketball until there's something to talk about there. Well, um, I'll just just one more thing. Sorry, and that is just Tom. Fucking learn how to use the portal, please. The portal, Tom. Tom, the portal. Tom. Fuck Knock on Mel's door. Ask him how he does it. Uh, they have r- reportedly already reached out to Jalen Bridges, a small forward who can also flex to the power forward spot. Out of West um, Virginia. Yeah. So, um, and apparently they're making a big push on a 2023 big for whatever that's worth. But um, uh, that doesn't help us big. for next year. So It does not. But uh, it'd be nice to see some 2023 news come down the pipe as well. Um, anyway, uh, an ad read? Yes, Jonesy. Or should we pause, psych people out as they advance forward and then just surprise them with another ad read later on? Ah. Yeah, I like that better. We'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Clatta Coffee <laughs> Roasters, owned by two MSU grads, both of whom are Irish. Oh, top of the morning to ya. Feels weird that I need to shout it out, but I think they just don't want to be accused of appropriating a culture. Sure. All right. Uh, Clatta Coffee Roasters produces small batch specialty coffees from around the world. They're Lansing based, and again, MSU grads. Oh, I get your hands off me, Lucky Charms. So, if you want to support Can't Read, Can't Write, you want to support MSU grads, you want to support the Irish, you want to support a Lansing based company, Clatta Coffee Roasters is the place to go. They have 10 gourmet options like a bold African blend or a complex Central American blend. And for the non-coffee drinkers, Clatta Coffee Roasters sells brewing cocoa, which we're told is like a brownie in a mug, but without the caffeine of coffee. Now, Michiganders, I know you are knee-deep in something terrifically cold right now, but summer is coming. I want to let you know, brew this coffee, let it sit, pour it over ice, fantastic when that summer urge for an iced coffee comes around. Uh, you can visit them at drinkclattacoffee.com. That's drink, C-L-A-D-D-A-G-H, coffee.com. When you check out, be sure to enter our promo code. It's CRCW10 for 10% off your purchase. It also lets them know that you found out about them because of us. So don't give up the money and support the podcast. Try Clatta Coffee the way coffee was meant to be. Ten points. Yeah. Ten. I think the Irish, whoever was doing the Irish, um, yeah, that was charming. That was charming. People liked and that. Then, and then you came in with a pirate. I was hoping we were going to skip that. I really was hoping <laughs> we were going to skip that. So that's nice. All right, uh, gentlemen, let's talk some football because basketball season has ended, which I think means that with Tuck coming, it is now football season again. Yeah, and I saw on the Spartan Fund Twitter that there was just a million dollar donation made to the uh, football building, but like no indication of where or from whom that donation came from. Did I miss something there? Yours truly, not trying to brag. So generous of not you, all of the many anonymous donations that you make uh, to various. All sorts of worthwhile causes. All yeah, of those I... anonymous donations to the Ukraine, to. Uh, you know, I don't um, want credit for them all. I don't want credit for them all, but this one I will take credit for this time. 
Uh, yes, yeah, will. that's to the Tom Plum's favorite building, the Tom Izzo football building. Uh, gets another million dollars. <laughs> I hate it so much. Greg, have they broken ground? They have not broken ground. Jesus. But my understanding is that that is happening very, very soon. I've been told that before. Uh, uh, what I have heard is that things are moving in that direction. Uh, been told that before. <laughs> two months ago, the the board voted on, um, you know, the, the process starting. Um, now, the process didn't start. They just voted it to start. And, you know, they'll have to have another vote here in the next couple months to yeah, that's a problem. They authorize already, the start. Yeah, that is that is a an issue. But I think the money is there for this. Yeah, right? let's like, you know, it'd be great to sell recruits. The bulldozer that's in back, right? Like, let's let's get this started already. It was having I don't know if we're going to talk about this here, but having all of the uh, nose tackles on campus from the NFL and seeing the pictures of that on social media. Mm -hmm. It was a little like we can probably do better with the uh, practice facilities at this point. Mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just worried about tailgating. Like, where are we going to put all of those tennis courts? That's my whole thing. Is RIP. I'm sure. I'm sure people will find a place to post up and drink. Yes. Um, yeah, let's actually just uh, hop right. That's uh, we can use that as a transition before we kind of talk about media availability for for some of the players and coaches. But let's head to the nose tackle camp. Um, indeed, uh, Jeff Piotrowski mentioned having them all around during his media availability. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think we talked that it was going to be happening, uh, and it, then it did indeed happen. Uh, you know, new pass rush specialist coach Brandon T. Jordan. Um, had 30 something NFL like that. nose tackles 30 something in on that, in that register yeah uh like real dudes on a roster playing in the NFL on campus working out in our practice facility using all of the Spartan branded uh you know practice equipment um uh and the beautiful I think- thing about having those guys on campus last week when it was rainy and 40 degrees is that they were fully, fully committed (laughs) to time in the practice facility. I mean, they weren't going anywhere else last week. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. (laughs) And, uh, you should have gone to, uh, was it the graduate? Is that the name of the, Oh, I'm sure they were all at the graduate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they locked down that the whole rooftop bar for those yeah. guys in the evening. Uh, but um, I don't think it was also a, a, any small coincidence that some of our top recruiting targets were also in town hmm. for the weekend. What a surprise. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's, I don't have anything in particular that, that I've read uh, about this that's necessarily worth talking about on the pod. It's just, I think, more notable that we talked about you know, sort of what an innovative hire this was. We've talked about uh, his compensation package and the fact that it was part of it was allowing him to continue to do this kind of coaching on the side um, and that it had to be on Michigan State's campus. Mm-hmm. It's more that all of that came to a deliverable, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we saw the thing in action. We saw 
25, 30 dudes from the NFL at Michigan State's campus. And that this is seemingly a thing that he's not going to have a problem putting together and that the staff and the operations folks are all on board with making, you know, a thing. So wouldn't be surprised to see come June when there's another wave of recruiting that there's another coincidentally uh, big NFL retreat at Michigan State. But I don't know. Anyone got any other thoughts on this? No, uh, other than, you it's know, rad. <laughs> this is a thing that I, I like to push back a little bit whenever we try to downplay the success of the D'Antonio years. But this is an example of something that never, ever would have taken place with Mark D'Antonio. And it just doesn't happen generally in college. Like, it's not uncommon for guys that are alums to go back to their facilities to train right. and, and participate in those types of things. But to have uh, a whole position group where a large percentage of the starting and backup nose tackles uh, in the NFL <laughs> are all on campus is rare across it, college football. Are there analogs to this in basketball? You know, is there something that Izzo could be learning from Tucker right here around leveraging positions, players, relationships with the league. I mean, you think about guys like Draymond, Magic, you got to, I mean. Well, there's a room in Breslin for the alums to come back. They have their own little locker room. Uh, I think Draymond spent like two and a half million dollars on that thing. Um, So such a thing does exist, but I'm not familiar with like. So the weekend this past year. Yeah, like alums come back for MSU basketball. All the time. All the time. All the time. That's not a problem. Yeah. Like Bridges is always back. Draymond's always back. Magic's always back. Yeah. Magic. But Magic's not, you know. Relatable. In the, <laughs> down, in the relatable. down in the building. Um, but, you know, JJ, Jay is always back. I think he's been back on campus a couple times now. Yeah. In the last year. So. It happens, but not to the not like this. This is different. Um, so we also had some media availability, and you guys are brushed up on this. So tell me what I missed. Well, uh, several dudes, uh, Jay Johnson, uh, Marco Coleman uh, on the coaching staff, talked about um, you know coaching. I think uh, Marco Coleman had some interesting takes on like statistical anomalies of sacks <laughs> versus uh, pass yards. Yeah, a lot of that. I thought that was really surprising, actually. I didn't get the whole thing. It was it was past me. Very technical. Um, Very technical. Someone uh, more brilliant than me that can explain (laughs) this concept. Well, then there was also Amir Speed, who was really fast, you know, and I just kind of got confused by that, too. He and Graham Couch exchanged a chuckle where he was like, that'd be a really unfortunate name if you were not fast. Huh? And and Speed was like, I've never heard a a take on my name before. This was unbroken ground. Yeah. uh, Actually. So Amir Speed, I will say a a couple things uh, that I mean, first of all, you you look at that dude and you see something that is uh, in in terms of stature and, and, and physique not what we've seen out of cornerbacks here at Michigan state. I mean, he's so tall compared to the rest of them. The length of his, like 
arms you expect him to the wingspan to be playing basketball. Um, but for folks who forgot, don't know, don't remember, uh, Amir Speed is the transfer from Georgia, um, who you know just won a national championship with the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, had started a handful of games for them, uh, got a little banged up, and then got passed on the depth chart. Um, but not a bad pickup. Was still starting for Georgia this past year in which they won a national championship. So um, talked about the relationship he built with Mel Tucker when Mel Tucker was the DC there, uh, about Harlan Barnett when he was in, in high school because both Michigan State and Georgia were recruiting Amir Speed. And he said at the time, it truly was, he was going to go to one school or the other. And ultimately cho- chose Georgia, um, but that made the the transfer really easy for him. The thing, though, that I thought was uh, Amir Speed is impressive uh, physically and the way he handles himself in front of the media. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting was the what he's able to pass along to his teammates as mm. someone who just won a national championship mm. and mindset. And ta- yeah, the mindset and leadership. And ta- talking about free throws. Talking about talking about it, talking about winning a national championship, and that that's something that you, it's not like the secret that you will into existence, but this isn't yeah. something you should shy away from. Yeah. That if that's your yeah. goal, it's not something you write on the sheet and then you list a bunch of other reasonable goals. Like that's a thing you talk about all year long and it starts in spring ball. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, Michigan State went 11 and 2 last year. Um, I am, I went down the rabbit hole of looking at canine highlights and I, cannot help but remember he's the most impressive person I've ever seen in green and white. And we likely are not replacing that at running back, but that we may not be that far off from it in the grand scheme of things. And that if you are serious about it, you need to take it seriously and be disappointed when you don't live up to that expectation you set for yourself. And so I think Amir speed as a, as a culture ad to Michigan state is huge. Um, anyway, uh, two coaches that talked, uh, Marco Coleman, new defensive line coach, uh, was talking a lot about, and, and Jeff Piotrowski echoed this, that, yeah, they got a lot of sacks last year, but that was largely the consequence of uh, Michigan State was oftentimes up on people, mm-hmm. which meant that they had to throw the ball more often. Um, and so you're, by virtue of that, going to run into more sacks, but that if you look at their pass rush as, rush as a whole, it was not good. And that uh, about, you know, creating more destructive pockets for quarterbacks, um, you know, just amplifying the quality of their pass rush um, and Mm. that and that that owning the passing yards is equally on the defensive line as is as it is on the secondary, Um, because their failure to routinely disrupt the quarterback allowed the quarterback to make those those passes throughout the season. So anyway, you know, uh, it it seems like. MSU's taking a very holistic approach to remedying the passing situation from last the year. passing issue of your yeah. of your um Jay Johnson also spoke I don't know that we got a lot from Jay Johnson that we wouldn't have expected other than to say um that he seems fine with where this team is at but not excited hmm. mm. uh say more about that what what makes you how did you read that into what his his comments were? I mean, he was fine on Peyton Thorne. Like, you know, I don't know that Jay Johnson's a guy that gets enthusiastic about a lot. Like, I don't see him as someone who's real. Uh, it, he he strikes me as 
he speaks with the velocity of someone who did cocaine, but without of the any of the zest and the enthusiasm for life of someone who did cocaine. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So meth, so, meth, then is what you're describing. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, I mean, it Jay Johnson seemed like that this was going to be a big proving year for Peyton Thorne. That if you look back on a season, and I think it's actually he didn't say this, but if if you're honest about it, Peyton Thorne wasn't able to pick us up oftentimes when we couldn't get the run game going. Yeah, I mean, he, people were saying that at the time he's a bit of a system quarterback in that way, but he he did push things occasionally. Yeah. We right. saw glimpses. We saw flashes of it. It's not lost on me either that he was a redshirt sophomore, but that yeah. that you know that there's a lot of elevating to be done for Peyton, and so I think there was some pressure sending uh, happening there. Um, you know, he was also very complimentary of Peyton, but it it, it that felt sort of lukewarm. Um, and you know, I I think they have legitimate concerns about replacing canine and their depth at offensive line. Well, yeah, that's a legitimate concern. Both of those are super legitimate concerns. Are you guys texting with each other right now? No, I'm bringing up my, my notes for our next conversation. God, you're such a needy. Continue. I'm even talking to you, but I'm bringing up my Dane Fife stuff because I got insider information from the Indiana 24-7 message board that I want to make sure that I bring Ooh, to I our listenership. Oh, but I'm Mike Jones. I'm just going to call out my co-hosts because I think I know better than them. Are you done? Okay. Uh, anyway, if... if uh, I would highly recommend for anyone who's interested, Marco Coleman and Amir Speed were really great watches. Um, Marco Coleman seems like a, a really nice fit. Um, and Jay Johnson seemed to have question marks about whether this team would, how it would, how it respond on offense this year. So yeah, that's what I've got. Let's go off ground over. Yeah. You get that started. Yeah. So off Grand River, uh, some stuff is happening in in the wider world of sports right now, as you can imagine. And the first one that we're going to talk about is something that we kind of called, but we were also didn't know that it was going to be this fast. Uh, Former MSU associate head coach, I believe, and assistant coach Dane Fife, who left for Indiana, is out after two seasons. And this is not a Dane is taking a job somewhere else situation. This is a, the program is parting with Dane Fife situation, uh, which I maintain that this was always a mistake for him to go somewhere else, unless this was going to happen at MSU. And, uh, and he was just getting in front of it, which I kind of doubt because Tom doesn't really get rid of people, but I just so happen to know folks that are in on the uh, on the subscriber level stuff at the Peegs, I think. I, I've spent a lot of time in Bloomington. I don't know what Peegs is, uh, but the, the Peegs 24-7 Indiana message board. And there are some notes in here. First off, uh, citing that this is not a surprise. 
which sounds exactly like something that anyone trying to maintain a subscriber base would say after would something say. like this. Yeah. But yeah. I don't I think it was a bit of a surprise. But some of the pieces some of the things that are cited in here we have heard as MSU fans as well. Mm. One talking openly about politics that was and and name image and likeness stuff that was something that happened here as mm. well and mm. kind of rubbed people the wrongish way a little bit um but also in here is that uh allegations that uh there were issues with fife not responding to recruits during recruiting times Uh-oh. which is a big no-no and uh, that uh, assistance uh, that that he was maybe telling people generally that that uh, he would be the future head coach at Indiana and Mike oh, Woodson would not be long for this world. Now, Mike Woodson, older gentleman, uh, I think is indeed not long for this world. He's uh-uh. coming up on 70, right? So this was a bit of an older uh, hire, but at the same time, not really something that you can be saying about your your head coach. So yeah. the thing that surprises me the most is the recruiting stuff. Um, I, I think MSU fans kind of thought that Dane was more of a like of a uh, like doing the scout type of assistant head coach, um, player development type of guy. Uh, the recruiting that MSU fans assumed that he did out of Clarkson, Michigan, they blamed him for. Uh, that's really surprising to me because I think no assistant head coach in college basketball can just be blowing off recruits anymore. But this did whole thing... recruit JJJ? I don't know who JJJ's primary recruiter was, but Indiana, it... Seems right to me. Uh, what do you? What did you guys think when you heard that Dane got dismissed from IU? I thought the statement was uh, a little, little trite, little. Yep, Mike Woodson, not a good look. Not a good look. A little curt. Um, and this may, in fact, uh, give credence to the suggestion by the. Uh, by uh, Greg's inside track, the IU message boards, really top level journalism sleuthing there, Kevin, you fuck. But either way, uh, these are from the mods at a paid message board, which yeah. in in did in you pay for that sports? message board? No, I'm just sharing it. They're like they can come after me if they want. Yeah, I hope they do. Um. You know, uh, uh, no, no, but but I think no, and I am. I mean, I I love you, but I don't. Um, I think the point here is that love you, but I don't. If he really was butthurt about that, like that does totally like that totally tracks, right? It totally tracks the 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 tenor of that tweet, the tenor. Oh, about comments. the comments yeah. being made that maybe yeah. Dame would be the future yeah. head coach, future head game. coach. Like, okay, well, eat, eat shit, because no, you won't. Here you go. Good luck with everything. I think the move was wrong, but it was also good for Michigan State. You know what I mean? I think it was Dane Fife is not was not adding value to the program, and I think it I think it's been good for MSU, but the replacements are not adding value. Well, and that that and that's the bigger point, right? I mean, so but but so like he certainly wasn't adding value. His replacements haven't. Izzo does have some big work in this offseason to kind of clear the chafe or the chaff from the field. 
of the wheat and the our dreams. Uh, ugh, this is bad. But he needs to fire everybody. Um, Mark <laughs> we brought this back to Izzo. Yeah, we're back to Izzo. Sorry, Montgomery's got to go. Just going to say it. You got to go, Mark Montgomery. Dwayne, you can stay because, God, I love Dwayne Stevens. Mark Montgomery's come and anyone, gone over the years. Dwayne's the one that's going to leave uh, yeah. for another job. But anyway, anyway, anyway. Huge miscalculation by Dan Pfeiffer. Big fuck up. Yeah, he totally thought he was the golden boy, right? The golden child, the self-appointed uh, hero here. And I think he probably did think. Um, and in fact, that the chancellor or whatever the highfalutin title is of someone important in the university in Indiana, in Bloomington, said to him probably something to that effect. And I bet he got a little ahead of his skis. I wonder if someone did tell him if he wanted to be the next head coach at Indiana, they wouldn't just hire him off of MSU's assistant coaching staff. They'd have to see him first. Yeah. And he probably thought that he would be so good that they would just hire him. And that would be that. That's the only reasonable explanation that I can come up with for why he would ever make this move. And it didn't work. Didn't work out for him. Let's um let's go to something else. Uh, I wanted uh, I wanted to just briefly say this because I thought this was striking. Um, Utah, the governor of Utah, recently yeah. uh, vetoed a bill that the uh, legislature, the state legislature in Utah, passed, which was banning transgender athletes from competing in high school sports. And I just thought this was really, really. Um, and was overridden by the Utah State. And was oh. overridden by his, by his, uh, yes, by his, by his, uh, by his legislature. I mean, it looks like it is very the the bicameral system there. Both their House and their Senate are well over two thirds controlled by the Republican Party, which probably shouldn't it's be surprising considering Utah. it's Utah. Um, but I thought this was really surprising when he, um, when he uh, vetoed it. He was like, we're talking about something that affects less than 1%. Less I think than- he cited exactly one female trans athlete. Yes, yes, of the whole state. He's like, so he's like, I've never seen a, a, a party, a political party, a movement, anything come so hard on an issue that could affect so few. And in fact, mm-hmm. does affect so few He's like, the, the, it, it's just outrageous. And he's like, and I knew this was politically easier for me to just sign a damn thing and move on with life, but it just doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. on the one hand, I think that speaks well of him. I think it speaks well of a potential compassionate conservative. We used to use that phrase. Um, at least George Bush had tried to, to, to complex that. I mean, that, that has gone out the window with this, this new identity of the Republican Party. But I think politics aside, when you just look at the actual facts here, and I think people can agree or disagree on a lot of questions around gender identity, around sports, around the way that we, we create these rules. The NCAA has one set that isn't uniform. High school associations are different. You know, na- international federations are different. I, I think that there are legitimate conversations that can be had around this, but the way that it's been politicized can only create harm. And I think for a Republican who can acknowledge that that harm is so disproportionate in terms of the actual effect that this is having. And I just think that's so um, that spoke to me. And that was a, that was a, a good, a good sign of leadership for Spencer Cox, uh, whoever the hell he is. Someone I probably don't agree with much, but good on you. Good on you. Spence. Yeah. I just, I want to cite a few things from his statement. Cause I, I thought it was actually a really compelling statement that, that he wrote 75,000 high school kids participating in high school sports in Utah. 
four transgender kids playing high school sports in Utah, one transgender student playing girls sports. 86% of trans youth report suicidality, 56% of trans youth having attempted suicide. Mm -hmm. Four kids and only one of them playing girls sports. That's what this is all about. Uh, it goes on to say, rarely to plumb, rarely has so much fear and anger been directed That's at so it. few. I don't understand what they are going through or why they feel the way they do, but I do want them to live. And all the research shows that even a little acceptance and connection can reduce suicidality significantly. For that reason, as much as any other, I have taken the action in the hope that we can continue to work together and find a better way. If a veto override occurs, I hope we can work to find ways to show these four kids that we love them and that they have a place in our state. Yeah. Thank you for reading that, Jonesy, because yeah. I think that it's very important to understand yeah. who it's affecting, most yeah. importantly, yeah. and also the, the real true hazards that trans youth yeah. face in, yeah. in and society. And you can, and, and to Plum's point, there is a, you know, and, and we have, uh, we've not talked about, I think it's Leah Thomas, uh, or Thompson, mm -hmm. yep. uh, who, who demolished the, the record in, uh, in, in women's freestyle swimming. And, and there is a fine and fair and, and reasonable conversation to be had around sporting, yep. but this is different. <laughs> What mm -hmm. happened in Utah is different than that conversation. And, and I do, I, I think we need to create a permission structure for people to have conversations about these things and know yeah. that they're not coming from a place of hate. But I will say, it, you know, as specific to Leah, the, the misgendering of her as a, as a, you know, a slight is a place of hate. Intentional, and, intentional yes. misgendering. You have yes. to go yeah. out of your way. Yes. And so uh, anyway, I, yes, I, I look, uh, we don't need to spend much more time on this. I just the Utah governor's words were, I thought, really succinct and profound in, in yeah. the way that that he addressed what's going on here and the animus directed it. Yeah. And, four, and four people, four, four and, kids. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm not a parent. Jones, you are the only one that can. And I, I'll just acknowledge that I think being able to read this as a parent has to be incredibly striking. And I think to have been able to have who have read those government the governor's words heard the governor's words and to have still voted for this is to really indicate uh a, just a really a weird misalignment you know when i first started refereeing i was taught that professional sports are about entertainment collegiate intercollegiate sports are about competition but high school sports were about participation and we were told to referee accordingly so depending on the level that you were at you were refereeing like when you're doing a pro game, you know, you're refereeing because they're here. They're generating insane revenue. They're putting on a show in college. The emphasis was on competition and doing everything you could to nurture competition because that's where these guys wanted to get. But in high school, everything was around safety because the players were participating in a thing. And this, this just goes to show how little awareness I think those like, but of course, political legislators, they don't, they don't know anything. And that's the yeah, whole point. I, I just hope those four kids got to read the governor's statement and and yep. felt felt seen that day. Yep. Um, yep. So anyway, <laughs> why do we always do this? It's hard to transition off of these. But hilarious thing happened. Which one Penny Hardaway. Yeah, there you go. 
and Memphis. What a boob. What a true boob. Getting uh, thrown notice of allegations of uh, level one and level two violations. And Penny Hardaway is indeed the only one who is flagged for a lack of institutional control. (laughs) I mean, not just institutional. Guy's got no fucking kind of control. No control over himself. No control over his team. No control over any aspect of the basketball operations at that school is clear. But really, just no control over life. And that is in itself a great, great thing to watch. In fairness to Penny, two things. One, his team did kind of come together towards the end of the year. Uh, Fell apart again, but go ahead. And two, some of the allegations go back much longer than his tenure. But yes, uh, there. this is very significant, these um, allegations coming down from the NCAA and something that we should definitely spend time on on a future podcast. Yes. Running long here. Uh, other thing that we will spend time on on a future podcast is Maryland does have a new head coach. They hired some milk toast. And uh, no one is over the moon over this hire. So we'll explain why that is on a future date, unless I you d- really want to go into it right now, Josie. No, I just think it's worth noting that I believe uh, they promised him as part of his hire that they would finally build a dedicated practice, a practice facility. facility. Yeah. Lol. Uh, I think I think we should not talk about the final four that is now officially UNC Duke and Kansas and Villanova because no one cares. And Nova down. uh, Who was it? Someone tore an ACL in that. Yeah. And they're in their previous game. It's just so disheartening to me that an NCAA tournament that had so much upset that provide so much entertainment now is coming down to just the evil empire. Plus Nova in the You know, it's form. it's so disappointing too because uh Purdue had the easiest of paths. Yeah. Oh my god. The problem is they have a coach that in his transition into becoming the next Purdue Pete <laughs> has lost a step. So uh well we have questions on this. So let's head straight to Twitter questions, and we're gonna start with wide receiver to point guard pipeline. Which Hauser or Hauser, that's uh, Joey or uh, Caden, uh, will play more MSU games next year? Well, not Joey, I think, uh, until otherwise proven different. Um, I have a hard time. I I will say this. If it is Caden Hauser, I have very deep concerns about the, uh, the quarterback depth at Michigan State. I think it's just that there's going to be so many blowouts that uh, he's going to get some time. All right. I love it. Uh, let's head to listener Mike Jones, who asks, the NCAA tournament is rigged, right? Yes. They're sending Ratface out on top, aren't they? Yeah. Come on, Plum. Say something. I mean, it's not his idiot fucking team. They've already fallen apart and shat the bed 30 times. In fact, I can't wait to watch them lose by 30 again to UNC in the Final Four. I can think of no greater ending, but you know what isn't going to happen. You know UNC is going to collapse like they should have the first time, like their entire season has predestined them to. And when fucking Mike K shows up in the national championship, if he wins a national championship, I don't think he's going to. I think this Kansas team has it this year. The one thing I can say is if he does, I hope his 
fingers break from the weight of wearing all those rings all the goddamn time and every commercial appearance. Well, he's he's already so feeble. He can't oh, handle another fuck. one. Arthritic, just a true scumbag, just slimy. Next up from Mike Jones, Big Ten led the tournament with nine teams invited, zero teams to the Elite Eight. Thanks, Purdue. Why is the Big Ten overrated? Uh, well, don't listen, to me. don't listen to me in anything because I was one of those idiots that only had seen Iowa as a program in the Big Ten tournament and put them in my final four. I thought this was the year. But then, lo, Iowa's still Iowa. Fran is still Fran. Who knew? Uh, this was a year. The rest where- of us. <laughs> where there were a couple teams that could kind of maybe make some kind of claim to being elite. Purdue is probably the closest of them. Maybe Illinois is the Illinois second. should have been able to do more. Hell, but, you could have made the case that Brad Davidson could have gotten his shit together and they could have done a little bit more than they did. But this was a team, this was a conference that had a bunch of teams that were very... Mid. Fine. Mid. Yeah. It was mid. It was a big mid conference. So, so then, to just ruminate on that for a second. Do we deserve, did we deserve to have nine teams invited? I mean, on balance. I mean, <laughs> yes, Plum. Yes, we did. All right. Absolutely. We didn't, but that's fine. We can disagree on this. Uh, I need it because we can't go reducing too many of the teams invited. Uh, before our name comes up next on the channel. Yeah, well, 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 well. Uh, next up from Mike Jones, Matt Painter and Choking Before the Final Four. Name a better du- duo. Purdue's best team ever. A nine-inch advantage with Edie down low, and they take the L. I-, I-, I am baffled by this. How do you not just pass it to that gumpy mother? I was watching every minute of that game. Every single minute. And it, he, Zach Eady spent most of it on the bench because he was just not very uh, uh, very effective in there. Travion Williams spent way more time down, down low uh, against St. Pete's. So uh, that was just a colossal collapse. It was something that you would think you could just toss the ball up. But that St. Pete's team, God rest their souls, I, I really wanted to see them in the Final Four so bad. Oh, yeah. I, Decided to do, after 10 minutes of watching the St. Pete's UNC team, I decided to do the taxes. That was where we, that's how painful that game was. Uh, which are not done yet. Oh my God. Anyway. You know, you know that we don't actually have to do taxes. Go on. They have all of the information. I know, I know. This is how it works in Western Europe. The government just sends you a list of what they think. But, no, 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 but the IRS can do the same thing. Right. But there's all of the, uh, uh, all of the, what's it called? H&R Blocks. H&R Blocks. Yeah, they've got their K Street stuff going on. And yeah, I know. I'm aware. I know yeah, the it's whole thing. infuriating. Anyway, next up, Spartan18770. What is the worst MSU basketball Twitter take you've heard this season? It probably was one of ours. Yeah, definitely one of mine. I'm confident yeah. of that. Probably. Uh, no, uh, anyone that wants to to run off uh, uh, either of our centers, uh, frankly, yeah. either center. If you want to run off Julius Marble, you've got the worst take on MSU Twitter. Yeah. Uh, next up from Spartan eighteen seven seven zero. Number of running backs that enter the portal after the spring game. This We're a little is a flush. good question. I'm gonna go two. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah. After spring ball, it's not just the spring game. Uh, that's the whole spring ball. That's where guys sort of see where they fall in the order. And it- I will say Elijah Collins featured in a number of the videos. So I don't know if that's the staff recruiting its own players or if he's actually back to Eli of old. Yeah. Um, last up from Spartan 18770, eat shit, Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Well said. And, uh, <laughs> Couldn't have been happier to see a team lose. Uh, next up, Spartan 18. Oh, sorry. Next up is Thomas Zambiasi. Uh, because of some weird rule, Big Ten re- uh, basketball programs must field F1 style racing teams in 22-23. Based on only of the Vio Beach program, which team has the best drivers, fastest cars? Where do they even build the tracks? Well, Purdue Pete's on the tracks. Oh, for sure. Ugh. Uh, who's Loathsome. got the fastest car? Uh, well, I mean, we got a pretty fast car is the truth of it. I mean, there's a lot of momentum behind this program. Um, the best drivers and got a pretty good driver, too. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is this is just. Basically, we've reframed the age old. How good are the programs? How good are the I, I guess that maybe the cars could be the teams. There's going to be a lot of change there. Yeah, I have how a lot good are of the questions. Programs, how good are the coaches? And I think the coaches are all, I mean, they're pretty strong coaches in spite of what we just saw here. And the pro, maybe, if anything, the programs. And is this 150cc? Is this 100cc? Is this just 50cc? Uh, we need, what we need is more the Big Mario Ten Kart references to make. You know. It is more Mario Kart references, and we need uh, we need Big Ten programming to be a lot spicier and a lot more dramatic. Like the, the what's the Netflix series called? The Drive for something or other. No, I don't know this. Uh, it's 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 something. It's a good. Okay. It's a gr- It's a good program to watch, but it's well. clearly over dramatized. Uh, next up from uh, Carl Simmons the third for the team. Why do we see as a Twitter community? Why do we as a Twitter community tend to take the low effort bait on Michigan Sweet Sixteen shit posting? Like obviously that's not blue blood shit, and the folks promoting it are doing it in bad faith. Are we low key all kind of hurting with the recent early exits? I completely disagree with you, Carl Simmons. As every college basketball fan knows consecutive sweet 16 appearances is the one true measure of a program and nothing else matters. And if you can get five, well, that's it. That's a national championship. Five sweet 16 appearances. It's above Alex, please with respect. It's greater than a national championship. Yep. And I think as we all know, when you walk into any gym across America, there's one of those signs on the wall that says, consecutive sweet 16 appearances and that's it they put they they take down all of the conference championship banners they take down all the final four national championship banners that is the only true measure of success in college basketball consecutive so carl i appreciate what you're saying here but i am completely on board with with michigan twitter with that metric that's that's the metric that's the metric. Uh, 
Jonesy, I can see you speaking, but we cannot hear you right now. Yeah, you, uh, you went ahead and muted yourself there. I, I just, I, I wanted to also say that it is notable how much heavy lifting COVID is doing on behalf of the University of Michigan in their shitposting. Uh, I mean, COVID has killed a million people, but... Uh, it truly is a victory for the University of Michigan. Uh, it allows them to dodge games and claim a streak that... I was going to say, in two ways. Two different yeah. ways. MSU's One of MSU's best teams in the last 10 years doesn't get to play in the tournament. And, oh, yeah, oh, we, we, we just can't. We just can't win I mean, this game right that, now. That, that team, let us not forget, went 19-12 and 10-10 and 10 and 10 in the Big Ten. And that football program, let us not forget, invited all other teams onto campus to show them how well they were doing COVID in the season before they decided it benefited them to skip three games. So, yeah, whatever. So uh, anyway, just saying, um, like, it's really easy to leave that out. Um, But anyway, beside the point. What's next here? Um, uh, oh, Carl Simmons asked. Yeah, Purple. Uh, more reliably disappointing, the Fran Painter in March or the entire Shorts catalog of beer offerings, including, of course, their godless barbecue chip alt beer uh, and peanut butter celery lager. I like that peanut butter celery lager. So I think you know my answer. Carl. Gross. Uh, next up from no, Dates. You know, hold on a second. You obviously knew that Matt Painter and Fran the slut bag are absolutely going to be more reliably disappointing because they prove to be year after year. Shorts can surprise you with some of these bizarre flavor combos. And if you haven't tried it, I highly recommend it. In fact, I might just send you a six pack in the mail, Jones. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, Greg, what's the adage? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me nineteen times, shame on. <laughs> don't don't shame don't on the NCAA. Fooled, don't get fooled again. Yeah, shame <laughs> on the NCAA. <laughs> I I I I picked up on G- GWB on that one. That's right. It was nice. Mission accomplished. Uh, <laughs> Nate C. Uh, you could win the Big Ten comma, get annihilated in the playoffs, comma, but lose to scum or beat scum and win a New Year's Six Bowl. Which do you choose? Ooh. I, I got to take the playoff every time. Do I, do I know that I'm going to get annihilated in the playoffs? I guess that's sort of the, the thing. Mm, I don't know. I, I mean, these are roughly equivalent, Nate It's tough. It's tough to choose this. It's and I. I mean, I guess I would take the Big Ten win. You take you take the you the take regular the, season the, loss to the accolades. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can hang a banner for that. You can and, hang a banner. And as someone that's, you know, been to a big championship game, it is fun to be there in Lucas Oil when your team is now, winning. Greg. If you make it to like a sweet 16, though, do you get to hang a banner? Uh, Only on the fifth time. The banner's already there. It's just incrementing how many consecutive your program. Yes, that's right. Hold on a second. I'm actually going to disagree with this take. I am a beat Michigan and win the New Year's Six Bowl. And the reason is this. 
I was willing to accept an annihilation as the cost of doing business, the sort of, I don't know if it was an aberrant success under D'Antonio. I will not accept annihilation under the aegis of Mel Tucker's coachship mm. of this program. I won't accept that. So, and, I, and I'll lose to Michigan. I'll lose a close game to Michigan. I'll lose a close game to anybody. Uh, I will not accept getting annihilated in the college football playoff. That's not that's not an acceptable outcome. It is not a standard of football that we should accept under Mel Tucker. All right, follow up question though. Let's say Michigan State somehow makes the college football playoff next year. Sure. Like objectively, if Tucker's recruiting at a higher level, yeah, better athletes, yep. like that roster is not there yet. Right. Would you still be upset? I don't want us to get annihilated. All right, that's fair. Okay. So you'd rather just have the New York... You'd be I'd like, rather take the New York sick. Actually, college, college football playoff, we're going to not accept this. Yeah, we don't accept. Work. We don't accept. We don't... We, we're not ready. We'll go down to Orlando. It'll be... Or the Rose Bowl. Fuck. Love the Rose Bowl. In fact, the Rose Bowl is in... Uh, it's outside the college football playoff championship this year, as I remember. Honestly, that'd be the biggest power play ever. To be like, no. No, thanks. I'm not taking the playoff. I'm going to take the Rose Bowl. You idiots, go yeah. get your ass kicked instead. Fuck off. <laughs> I'll have Love the granddaddy. Thank you. Yep. Uh, all right. Next up from Nate C. After MSU was out of the tournament, I stopped watching or even bothering to check scores. Same, brah. At first, I thought I was depressed, but then I figured out I just don't care. Am I a bad sports fan? No. Nate, I'd ask you this. Are you a sports fan or are you an MSU fan? That's a question. And... Be honest, are you even an MSU fan? <laughs> For Nate, that's a fair question. It is. And I ask that truly as one who wrestles with this question <laughs> all of the time. Who has tackled this? Uh, uh, my therapist has asked me. Abuse? Well, my therapist has asked me to stop bringing it up in our sessions. She's no longer comfortable <laughs> She's like, plumbing you know, the depths you, of You pay me for this plumbing? time, yeah. right? Uh, finally from Nate C are you planning on detoxing after basketball season I don't mean metaphorically my liver needs a time I'm drinking now no yeah we're I, all we're, we're all drinking right now here. Oh, I don't God. drink during the weeks anymore I stopped drinking during the week good for you yeah but oh, Friday Saturday and Sunday are the weekends so. right, you make up for it and if it's, <laughs> if it's a holiday weekend Monday that's for Monday sure. too so I have got rules I have rules that's how I know I don't have a problem this is a nom. Uh, John Elaine asks, uh, maybe this is something that went under the radar to most fans. Brand Jordan and MSU hosting an NFL defensive lineman retreat on campus this weekend. Is this something that'll create a ripple effect in our recruiting or tsunami-like? Uh, I think it's somewhere in between. We kind of covered this earlier. John, thanks for the question. A riptide uh, is what you're describing. Oh, it'll take the recruits on out, on out to see. To see. Look <laughs> out! The deep water. The deep water. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. That is it. All right, here we go. Mamopoly uh, asks. Come on, Susan. Google search reveals that to help your podcast thrive, oh, colon, Lord. learn to create the conversation your audience desires. <laughs> semicolon. Still Become working on it. An expert on the subject. Ooh, <laughs> not there semicolon. yet. Semicolon. <laughs> Yeah, we talked earlier about recruits in the notes app. What do you think about multiple colons and semicolons in the same sentence? Um, really seek out the best guest to interview on your show, period. That's the only one that we're doing well. 
How do you match up each co-host uh, to the skills listed? Well, uh, we, there's only one dude that goes out and books us guests, and that's yep. the Mike Jones. That's the Jones. So he does that. I was the okay. I was the relative content expert on COVID for a season. So is that would still relevant? Describe, would you describe the subject of our podcast as COVID? <laughs> I wouldn't say it wasn't for several months. So. Do, uh, do and now, in the want. same way that we're treating COVID as this annoying thing that's still kind of holding on, here you are. Here I am. <laughs> Not going away. I'm endemic, baby. I'm endemic, baby! <laughs> Next up from Mamopoliv, speaking of spring training, were we speaking of spring training? <laughs> we, no one was speaking oh, of it, Susan. I, I, I inverted the order. Oh, the okay. Then we'll ask. She, did, uh, the she didn't number them. How Many would I know? How right, are you then we'll know? go down to this. Many schools are close to spring break now and families look for creative activities to pass the time. Are they that bored? Uh, which one of these suggestions Dictionary. is most likely to go uh, your go-to for fun? Uh, outside work day to get the yard in shape, hiking in a nature area, or day trip to a tourist attraction? What a Sophie's choice of options. Of, of good of, lord of not very good options either like that's the sophie's bad oh i see okay sorry <laughs> get yourself red alex plum Shameful. Uh, greg i assume <sighs> you would you would opt to move some mums around um oh yeah i forgot how boring our host is only like, to have only to have Susan come and move them again because they weren't properly placed. Genuinely, sincerely, Mike Jones loves his yard, and that would be his choice, wouldn't it? No, absolutely not. God. I would take. I would take backpacking. God. Yeah, I'm. I'm with Jones on this one. This is a. This is a backpacking. This it's the only true option area. here. Okay, moving on. Speaking of spring training, which we weren't before. No, uh, none MSU of this is right. Baseball lost their doubleheader to Illinois on Friday, where money and legacy. Where money and legacy named McLean Stadium at Cobb's Field. What? Ah, where where money and legacy named McLean Stadium at Cobb's Field. That didn't okay. make it just because you punctuated your. No, where? she's saying that that money and legacy are how Cobb's Field was renamed McLean yes. Stadium. Yes. Uh, where do you see your name justifiably placarded as a testimonial to your time on campus? Clearly, it is becoming the. Uh, preeminent division one college basketball coach only to have your name placed on the players football building. That is how I want to be remembered. Uh, Ooh, this is, this is, um, it'd probably be one of the doors that I propped open at case hall. Yeah. I would want my name placarded there. Yep. Um, the Jones door. If I had only one place to put a placard in East Lansing, he would be on the barrel patio. That is a great Do you place. pay to do that? I, I, you know, I'm willing to. Uh, Honestly, I'm surprised they've not sold bricks. <laughs> that would be brilliant. That would be brilliant if they sold bricks. Honestly, we should go. Not, this. We'll approach them about yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say not to take anything away from Colada Coffee Roasters and, and purveyors of coffee. We're happy to have you. But I think we should start a meeting. We're on to something here. <laughs> We should come in very Kramer-esque and be like, I want to talk to you about bricks. <laughs> uh, next up from John Hubbard. Uh, welcome back, John. I think it's been a minute, no? Yeah, yeah. Uh, now the basketball season is over. That's that's why we lost him. 
basketball yeah. season. Who can blame? Do you him? feel a sense of relief that you no longer have to hate watch MSU? Plum's over here, like you know, drumming my pain with his finger. Come on, Fuji's. Now listen, <laughs> I with his song. You know, killing me song. Don't stop. I mean, we're all here for it. Yeah, let's go. Come on, Lauren Roberta Hill Flack. ain't got nothing on Kevin Gregg. <laughs> um, I, I have noticed a sustainable improvement in my blood pressure, <laughs> my blood sugar, my hepatic liver functioning. All of these things measurably improved. You'll notice he only mentioned the no drinking on weekdays after MSU basketball played Tuesdays and Thursdays. I couldn't believe how regular it was. I don't remember a season where they played so regularly. Like you could set your watch to every Tuesday they would be playing. That's yeah, cool. no, that that's that this was a an anomaly. An anomaly um, season it felt like, yeah. I John, I would I would say I I mean, I enjoy it was infuriating, but like it was nice to have sports to watch on the regular. For it sure. Was yeah. That's nice true. to uh, have a regular season in the sense that fans were there. Um, and, you know, uh, weirdly, we talk more as a podcast in, in basketball season than we do in football season. That's well, there's more stuff there's happening during too. the yeah. yeah, That's why. That's the only reason but why. So, I mean, so there's a lot of... Th- I'm just calling out things that like well it's also to say that we're not really friends i mean i think and i think the listeners that's should know that. that's accurate i think yeah, the we actually hate that. each other but it's a business relationship <laughs> because of all the money from from, from our sponsors coffee uh, but can't i be, can't write 10 crcw 10 come on uh keep but keep I, this this unit alive. together i i just i would say i would take more weeks of basketball I, like i was kind of ready for the season to be done and now that it's done i'm sad no, no, I'm no, 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 no. You guys are both fucked out of your minds. This is absolutely right. It needs to be done now. I loved it when it was happening. the The success of the 2021 campaign gave me a false sense of optimism. Every single game we played in January and February and March, even though I knew better, I still was like, "Oh, we're going to win this game handedly." The success of the 2021, you mean the 2021 uh, campaign? No, the 2021 winter campaign into the new year turned. The new year. Oh, I see what you're saying. Everything was destroyed. I'm very curious. If anyone who can recall or wants to pull it up, when did Alex Plum... And next question from John Hubbard. Never, 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 never have we ever. So next question from John Hubbard. Jonesy, warmer weather is theoretically around the corner. What, and, and I don't know about you, Jonesy. Maybe you guys already have warm weather up in New Jersey, up on the in? East up Coast. In? On the East Coast. You, up, you coast East elite, Coast Elite. Warm weather. What are you planning for your first big outdoors trip activity? And why is it gardening in a house that you're not going to live in much longer? Oh, uh, brutal takedown. Brutal takedown and probably accurate. Uh, <laughs> but likely my first big thing is moving. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm really excited. Alex and Greg have both volunteered to uh, to come out here and load up the van for me. Listen, it takes so little to get me out there, and I would come in a heartbeat if it really was meaningful. And and Greg is an expert in this. So uh, indeed, my father called him about it the other day. 
so he's he's generously agreed to lend his logistical support. A real lanky logistician, they call him. I'm I'm just gonna focus entirely on the artwork in the stairwell. I'll protect <laughs> and keep that treasure whole. And that will be my entire job that, to make sure that that is successfully delivered to the new house. And that needs to be a joke that no one ever knows why <laughs> too, it's funny. Too esoteric a joke. And it must remain as such. Uh, I We had one nice day. And apparently what I did with that was spent it on the uh, patio. At and the nothing, no decision in the history of humankind could have been made any better. Then that one. Well done, sir. We got to do an exchange, well done, Plum. Sir. You got to come up here for a peanut barrel, and I got to come down to Detroit for a we gotta patio of your choice. We'll sit on the rooftop of the DAC, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah, DAC. I'm sorry, not sports club. Uh, next up, Mr. Neurotic Pants asks, are the SEC and ACC better basketball conferences than the Big Ten? ACC is. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that's right. Even though do? it was a down ACC year? Oh. Yeah. Well, they got the two and the four. What are you going to do? Two in the four. Two in the four. One in, one in the... Nope. And next up from Mr. Neurotic Pants, <laughs> can both Plum Alex and the real Upper Deck Jerk guy conduct performance reviews of Grinch and Jonesy? Yes, we can. And is... yes, we have. <laughs> Neither... Our, our 360s are in inboxes right They are now. in inboxes. Neither <laughs> were received well. Both were, were received under duress, I should point out. Greg, why are we invoking volunteers for our three? Well, it's only fitting that people outside of the podcast should evaluate wow. their true core. Of the Spoken podcast. like a real person who's never had a three sixty. Wow, really, really, really upsetting, you guys. <laughs> uh, finally, from Mister Neurotic Pants, Raymond Chains by another name. Uh, this week, Izzo hangs up on persistent offers from the AARP, cursing. <laughs> Their offers would be spokesmen. Izzo remains adamant that his team, quote, made it to the final four because losing to Duke and because before losing to Duke and we're here to stay. And uh, at a postseason Big Ten conference, Izzo won't stand next to Juwan Howard because he's, quote, a rowdy gum chasing boop sniffer. I like how we're attributing to Izzo now the old D'Antonio colloquialisms. That's really. I'm going to just say, Raymond, I, I think that there's something. Also, we gotta can get we, we gotta say, get something that's more uniquely Tom. Can we also say that it's apt to, to describe Greg the same way that you might describe Juwan Howard? <laughs> in height, hmm. is that what this is about? No, in, 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 in general loathsomeness. Uh, I would like to see Tom Izzo do his uh, the dance that he did on that ladder commercial in an AAR pre commercial. I mean, if it if it means that dance comes back. I just wanted to bring his accordion. Yeah. I didn't realize that there were so many allegations against Juwan Howard for his uh, proclivities, his exploits, his extramarital and other lasciviousnesses toward women and potentially their breasts and potentially sired offspring. Again, I'm just at these are allegations. I have no knowledge of any of these things, just things I've seen in the Twitter sphere. I didn't know that about him. Um, just common knowledge not to talk about them on the podcast Uh oh and here we are oh <laughs> well i mean that we've had the this took a crazy turn that i was not expecting this would be the time that we discuss this but we've also discussed Ugh. uh listeners offline why don't we talk about these things on the podcast 
But now is not the time to talk about Correct. them. Correct. Yes. Because we've not talked about whether we're going to talk about them. Uh, well, I knew yeah. enough to say that they were only allegations, so no slander but here. You can go back to real People. news articles and yes, real court cases. That is true. Uh, all right. Well, what we up. do know is he struck a professional colleague in the face and Open inexplicably hand. was not terminated because Ward Manuel has full control over the athletics department at the University of Michigan and is doing a bang-up job. The leaders um, and the best. I'm going to move us on to a question that really should have kicked off uh, off-topic season from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Uh, what would you do for a Klondike bar, which is as off topic as anything can get? And I believe a question that he's asked us in the past. <laughs> so on your 360 upper deck jerk guy, not doing great so yeah. far. Also, did you see that Michigan is now, I think in the frozen four, um, but wouldn't have been because there's well, may not have been because their seating would have been different if they didn't skip the game against Western. Aww. They oh, love to do that though. It's a great COVID. strategy. We should do that more often. Uh, what do you think about Gabe Brown leaving? And are you ready for me to ask about his G League games? Asks the Upper Deck Jerk guy. Uh, I don't appreciate this slander towards Gabe. Uh, Gabe has been reliable, consistent, and his 3 and D style will translate excellent to the... I do love that he's higher on the draft boards than Hunter Dickinson. I do love that. And finally, from the Upper Deck Jerk guy, what is your most ingrained sports memory? I know this for Jonesy. I think everyone that listens at this point knows this for Jonesy. A certain rainy, uh, rainy afternoon football game <laughs> with Javon Ringer and J.U. Kalkrick and John L. Smith. And, and Drew Stanton. Do and not Drew forget Stanton. Drew Stanton. And Drew Stanton meeting you in the parking lot, uh, sweeping you up in his arms, holding you close to his bosom, and whispering and in your me. ear, it'll be okay. Uh, I actually would say... Tony Hawk hitting the 900 is maybe my most ingrained sports memory. Wow. Or when Barry Bonds passed. Uh... You're talking about the asterisk ball? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, the, what, what asterisk ball? What are, you, what are you referring to? Him not being in the Hall of Fame is, is a crime i will say for not for the 900 but for that home run i do remember where i was um i uh for me it is um i can't is it little giants no rocket for me it's rocket it's being Mm. in the stands of spartan stadium for that end of game pass uh to beat wisconsin in the most fun football game that i have attended i i replace all of those i can't believe i didn't think of this it's when lj scott reached across the goal line of the big 10 championship yeah against iowa that yeah yeah that no i I remember right where i was new york city we had just seen hamilton on broadway the original cast we left we left early well i didn't leave early but we left as soon as it was done and sprinted out to this bar I was going to say you in left Manhattan. Early. Yeah, we didn't leave her late. We uh, we left, but we got it in time. I don't know. If, did we go? Was this overtime? This wasn't overtime. No, it was right at the end Fourth of the quarter. Game, yeah. Yeah. We but we, yeah, we made it for it. 
Uh, I would say that's probably one of them. Being at the Final Four in 2005, I, for some reason, I can't ever forget. I was at like a Christian music festival in 2002 watching the United States men's national team lose to Germany in the quarterfinals of the World Cup. But that was like the furthest we'd ever made it then. So that was pretty seismic. Hmm. Anyway. Wow. Way to end this on a on that. Camp Plus. Soccer. Never doubt Plum's ability to bring soccer into a perfectly good sports conversation. Listen, I bet more than 30% of the listeners will know who Audio Adrenaline was, much to all of our discredit. But <laughs> is that a Christian rock band? Yes. If you don't know, <laughs> shame on you. Shame on you. All right, so uh, off-season Twitter questions are here with the bang. Uh, Upper Deck Jerk Guy saving his best for the Twitter competition, which will be coming up here soon. Details May? will be announced. Sure. Ish? Ish. Yeah. May-ish. May-ish. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> uh, it's been real. We put the nail in the coffin on the basketball season from here out at spring ball. But, spring uh, ball! Unless there's, unless there's news. Well, there could be news. There's going to be a little bit more. Well, news. footy ball is back to leading. Oh, wait. I got a Twitter question. Oh, Lord. Did we sign a point guard too soon out of the transfer portal? What? There are other point guards that entered the transfer portal later than Tyson Walker that MSU could have competed for. I don't. I have. This should have been have asked an hour and a half you, ago. You want to have that conversation now? I mean, unbelievable. Something, something for uh, this is my new thing. I'm going to leave listeners with a question to think about. No one wants this question. No one's even made it this far. Uh, I think Kansas's uh, point guard was a transfer out of the transfer portal. They'd oh, wanted boy. Tyson Walker before that, and he just won MVP of uh, the region. Well, shit. All right, something, we're moving something on to Ponder. All right, guys, go green. Go white. Go white.